Hey, this is H1. We're going to be running it back with another episode talking about chest knowledge, chest wisdom, and chest understanding. And you know what? It's time for me to get up off my chair. We are going to be talking about today how to be confident playing tougher opponents in chess. And a lot of people have this question. A lot of people have this question, and I'm glad to answer it because I'm H1. And let me just walk for a second because it's been a while just to get the rhythm back going again. And I know that the podcast is up and running and a lot of you are surprised that H1 is here permanently, right? And I just want I just want y'all to understand something. Understand that first of all, to beat tougher opponents, you got to be aggressive, you got to be the guy. I by the end of this episode, I want you to have basically the same spirit as Bobby Fisher. Or the same spirit as Magnus Carlsen. And I know that there's a lot of things that's going on with Magnus Carlsen today of him forfeiting the world championship. But that doesn't mean that he's not the best chess player in the whole entire world. There's nothing that could disprove that. And plus, in these recent tournaments, if you've seen, you've seen him still demolish people like it's nothing. He's an elite grandmaster king, my guy. <laughs> Okay, that's kind of that's kind of going serious. That's that's doing too much. But just to illustrate, like it's it's insane to look at. You you gotta watch it. For today, we're gonna be talking about how you can be like that, how you can get that spirit, no matter what age you're at. I don't care if you're eight, 17, 26, 44, or 88. I do not care. You can get this exact same spirit no matter what age you're at. And I'm going to get you to stop being nervous with these tips that I'm going to go over. And after this episode is done, you better have the inspiration and encouragement to just wise up. Become the person that you have never became before and beat all of these chess players. Beat them all demolish them promote all of your pawns if you have to i don't care what you gotta do just do it (laughs) all right let's move on to the next segment and let's get started (laughs) i'm excited this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, let's get started into this next segment on how to be confident. And one of the things that I want to talk about is you have to get more experience playing tougher opponents. This is not an easy ask. I know that. I know that a lot of people don't have the, the um, what, what's the word? What's the word? A lot of people don't have the reach or um, the connections to get to the people who are strong. And that's where the internet comes in. You can face strong opponents on the internet, but let me digress very quick because I want to get to one moment first. And let me just ask the question again, how to get experience facing off against tougher opponents. First of all, 
chess tournaments are important to attend. And I'm not talking about the online chess tournaments, which those are important too, but going to the chess tournaments locally around you is important. You might have chess masters, international masters right around the corner that you can connect with to play chess. I'm telling you, if you had Magnus Carlsen as a friend, and this is the last time I'm mentioning him, let me let me just mention somebody else. If he had Hikaru Nakamura as a friend, and he was willing to play you in chess every single day, every single week, you're gonna automatically get better because you're gonna your brain is gonna um, just sponge up everything in. You're gonna learn patterns of what your opponent does because your brain is going to try to adapt to what your opponent is doing. And that's what happens when you face stronger opponents. Your brain does it automatically without you even thinking about it. I mean, when I was playing chess, when I played stronger opponents, my brain automatically did that. I want you to do the exact same thing. Play tougher opponents so that your brain adapts. You know, kids do it all the time. I, I think they call it um, concept formation. Look up concept formation. And that's pretty much how we learn stuff in general. Like, for example, nobody knows the exact definition of a rose without looking it up. But you probably know what it looks like, right? If you used to explain what a rose looked like, what would it be? How would you explain it in words? But you can show that person what the rose looks like, how the rose is different from a sunflower, how the rose is different from um, grass. And that's the exact same thing that happens in chess when you play tougher opponents. You just get that instant knowledge, um, that muscle memory of what you're supposed to do. And then you find yourself thinking faster and faster and faster. And then you're like, okay, I can hang around with y'all so that when you face people on your own level, you're like, these people do not compare to the master who I was facing for like weeks on end now. Connections are important. Going to chess tournaments, getting that experience is important. And going to a chess tournament, you're gonna um, you're gonna get a variety of people uh, of chess players, and there's gonna be strong players, and there's gonna be weaker players depending on the section that you play. I would suggest playing in the open section so you can get both and learn from your mistakes, notate your games when you get back home, or go over the game right afterwards with the person that you lost to or won against, and just go over the game with the uh, without the engine, because the more you go over the game without the engine, the better you're going to become in, in, in the next games that you play. Now, if none of you know what the open section is in the chess tournament, this is what an open section is. The open section in a chess tournament is a free for all chess players of it's it's free for all for chess players of any level. There are specific sections in chess tournaments. There is like a, a section A, section B, section C, section D, and it, it all depends on the rating that you're at. But I would suggest just section uh, the open section. Not only is it the top money that you can get, but then you get the experience of facing tougher opponents um, being in the open section even though you probably have more of a chance being categorized being categorized in a specific section to get money I would try to just become a better player 
if you that should be the most important thing to you is to become better each tournament now of course to attend the tournaments you have to have uh, the right membership to play like for example if you're in America you you have to have the USCF membership um, if you want an actual rating that everybody can see or if you're international you're gonna have to have the FIDE membership internationally each country has a different type of membership I can't I can't confirm every single country that you live in but there is some type of membership that you should be getting before you can attend tournaments to get a official rating and I'm not just talking about online ratings on chess.com or leechess.org. Those aren't official ratings. Those are online ratings. Official ratings is always going to be over the board. Now, you're going to have to force yourself. If you're like a nervous person that don't want to go outside of your comfort zone, this is one of the things you're just going to have to take courage in and Be fearful, but still push yourself. You can be scared and nervous. That's okay. But you have to push yourself because once you do that once, you can never go back. It's an experience to live for going to an actual chess tournament. So all I'm saying is, hey, go to over the board chess tournaments. If that's not an option, do online chess tournaments. Those are important too. You get a lot of experience even playing. Sometimes you can even play like a 2300, 2100, 2100 um, international master, candidates master. You can probably get one of those masters in there, those games, and be serious about those games. Online tournaments are really important for improving and gaining chess knowledge so that you won't do the same mistakes against the people that is on your, uh, that is on your level. What is the best time control uh, chess tournament to attend? Especially if you're trying to face off against tougher opponents. Well, here's the thing. The longer, the better. The longer, the better. If you're facing tough opponents, you don't want to face that tough opponent in blitz and bullet because you're just going to get clobbered. You're going to get clobbered (laughs) instantly. And... I don't know about you, but I don't want to get clobbered of me doing a mistake just because I don't have enough experience by that tougher opponent, like them getting a a simple fork off that I didn't see, because that could just be um, fast time control technique, which is different from longer time control. With a longer time control, it's more in depth. You're more uh, able to see your opponent's see your opponent's moves and then you can form a plan against your opponent's moves you're more able to see your opponent's threats captures and checks and then calculate those moves find candidates moves and when you're going through that whole process of evaluating a position the mistakes that are made are really deep mistakes that you can learn from So the longer the game, and even if you lose the game after like 30 minutes or an hour or so, it's still beneficial for you. More beneficial than you playing a one-minute game online. And honestly, I would suggest playing... I would suggest playing a 15-minute to... 
um, it has to be at least 15 minutes, I would just suggest. If it's not at least 15 minutes, it's not a tournament that is worth going to. And one other thing I, I just want to get off my chest is that I believe every competitive chess player should like experience an over-the-board chess tournament that is at least a one-hour format. Like each player has one hour to think because it's it's a special feeling to just know that you're sitting at a chessboard and you're calculating for one hour trying to beat your opponent. You're basically trying to demolish your opponent's brain for an hour. You're not thinking about nothing else. You're not thinking about bills. You're not thinking about your kids or you're not thinking about life problems or anything like or if you're trying to build a relationship or if you broke up with somebody no you're not thinking about that when you had a chess tournament looking at a chess position all you're thinking about is okay what is my opening what is my opponent's opening what are they what are they trying to <laughs> what are they trying to do how can i calculate this what is my candidate moves what is my opponent's threats captures and, and checks what are my threats captures and checks what are my four best moves let me calculate these ones. Let me visualize this. Okay, what is this position now? Um, is my king safe? Am I controlling the center? Are my pieces active in the position? Is my queen out alone by themselves? You can go into the rabbit hole in an hour-long game. A lot of people don't have patience anymore to do that. And I get it. Like short attention span. We got shorts, reels, things of that nature. I get it. Nobody can sit through. I mean, depending on the movie, nobody can sit through a three hour, two hour movie anymore. And, you know, and just to tell y'all a secret, since y'all are like my second family, I haven't seen Star Wars at all. Like I've seen the new movie, but I haven't seen like the old Star Wars. And I tried watching it. I tried. Same problem. But I can sit through a two-hour chess game. It's crazy. But every chess player, especially if you're trying to get competitive, should go to a tournament that's at least like a one-hour chess tournament with a 30-second delay or increment because it is a cool experience. And once you get into that experience, um, that's going to make you better overall. I remember going back home um, after like one of those um, chess tournaments, like like 30 minutes, an hour. No, it was, it was an hour because the, the chess tournament that I attended was on, was on a Saturday and it was the whole day. It was from morning to evening. Like I got off at like 8 p.m. The three games that day, whoever won the most games won. I got home, played some more blitz games, played some more bullet games, and I was... I was beating people's behinds like it was crazy how I was doing that and I can feel my brain calculating faster than it has ever calculated before I can feel the results and the improvement I couldn't keep it though because I wasn't consistent on going to these type of chess tournaments but it just proves that going to chess tournaments over the board especially long chess tournaments where you're striving to go above and beyond can help you beat tougher opponents and it's going to help you overall in every time control anyway so even if you was trying to get better at faster time controls like blitz and bullet 
longer form chest can help you. All right. We're going to go to the next segment. We got two other things to talk about. Have you been trying to become a better chess player but didn't know how? Well, it seems like you need Aim Chess. Aim Chess is an AI-powered software that can help you analyze your games. It already has over 100,000 registered users on the platform working towards becoming better chess players. But how? Well, you can automatically download your games from your Elite Chess, Chess24, and Chess.com accounts. Then you can get personalized lessons using mistakes from your own games and approve your chess immediately. So, you can either go to aimchess.com on your browser or download aimchess on your phone to get started for free. If you want to upgrade your account with no limits, you can get your first month subscription 30% off by using my coupon code H1Chess30. That is H1Chess30. Thank you for listening. All right. I know we already talked about chess clubs and chess tournaments a little bit, but let me dive more deep into your local chess club and why that's important. Why is it important to to go to your chess club and play different players? Well, this strategy can help you just play casually. Not everything has to be super stressful in a chess tournament. You do need that aspect, but then you need that aspect of playing chess players casually without any pressure because when you have no pressure no um uh no feelings of losing points you don't have to go through the feelings of being anxious about losing points nobody everybody hates losing rating points just to put that out there whoever says they don't care about rating points they do care (laughs) and it's hard to ignore it and that's something good that to tell yourself, but everybody cares about rating points. Everybody wants to be the best. And it's really hard to do so. Now, that's why you have to play casually. And that's why it's good to play online every single day and be serious over the board. And you can try out stuff online. That's what certain chess players do. For example... When you're going through a chess club, you can try out different openings. New openings, actually. For example, if you're a Roy Lopez type of player, maybe you can try out the Scotch game one day. Or the English opening. You don't want to try out new openings when you're in a chess tournament because you don't know about those new openings yet and you haven't uh, tested them out. You have to prepare... You don't want to do a simple opening error at a chess tournament. That's the most humiliating thing. And I've done it before. I've, I've done this. And sadly enough, there were some games that I've tried new openings and I still won. But I won in like a poor performance because my opponent didn't have the guts to finish me off. When, when, you, when you're up a material, don't get so laid back. Because 
when you're up a material, your opponent is a wounded animal. And you know what happens to wounded animals? They become more anxious, more um, more alert to, the, to their surroundings and more belligerent and more calculative. Calculative? Did I say it right? Calculative? I don't know. But all I'm saying is a wounded animal is more alert. And when they're more alert, all they're searching for is ways to get out of the situation that they're in. That's why you shouldn't like, that's why you should keep the pressure on. Like, what's that expression? Uh, you, you keep, keep your hand on the wound. I don't know. I don't know. I forgot the expression, but it's really important to not, to not lay off when you're up in material and not just, and not relax over the game. Another thing that you could do at a chess club is notate all your games and then go back over the positions with the person that you lost against. Because here's the thing. Everybody at the chess club is doing what you are doing. Everybody's trying to learn from everybody. Yes, you're going to you're going to run against some arrogant people. I know I get it. Not everybody's friendly. But once you find that one person that's like, hey, I got your back then you can be like, that's what's up. I got your back too. <laughs> so if you, so one, one other thing too, if you actually find a good chess player at the local chess club, hey, play that person. Take the opportunity to learn whatever you can from that person. Get their phone number, connect, be like, hey, I can pay, I can pay some food for you. I can, I can pay for dinner for you. And Y'all can talk about chess and what, um, and then you can ask them, hey, what should I be doing? Like, what's the opening that I should be playing? And a really good player can realize what openings you should be playing or what type of player you are just from playing, I don't know, a few games. They should already know. That's what happened with me. I I played this guy a few times and he was like, hey, you should, um, you should study these grandmasters and actually you shouldn't be playing that opening you should be playing d4 and things of that nature and he was telling me stuff that at the time I was too young to understand but now that I'm older I'm like man I really I should have just followed that advice back then take that opportunity to follow the advice from good chess players don't just ignore them and just say oh snap they're just they're just talking out there they're just talking out there bum (laughs) All right, and final resort, if uh, final resort to find somebody at the chess club you've been going back and forth with for a while and practice together. All right, so the next segment will be preparation and how that will help you out tremendously. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
be prepared. Hey, you know Lion King. You know him, right? You know, uh, what was his name? Mufasa. Mufasa was good at being prepared. That's how he became king. Simba wasn't around to claim the throne, so Mufasa was the lion that everybody wanted to be. He even got the king's wife. And the king, you you remember what happened to the king. I don't want to relive that. (laughs) What you mean? I don't want to relive that. I was a kid. I was traumatized. What happened to him? He just got trampled? I didn't know people deleted like that. But to my point of why preparation is tremendously helpful and how uh, being prepared can um, can get you to the point of beating tougher opponents. And a lot of grandmasters will say this. No, here's the thing. No grandmaster is afraid of an opponent who plays several different openings. But a grandmaster is afraid of an opponent that plays one opening at an expert level. You know what that means? Get your one opening for white and get all of your one openings for every one of white's responses for black. Do that and you will be straight on the opening and then you just have to learn all the middle game stuff. Which is... It's not that hard. I'm not I'm not going to lie. It's not that hard. I got videos on YouTube. I got playlists that you can look at of all the tactics that you need to know in the middle game. And I'm about to just uh, run through all the strategy and in-game techniques that you need to know on, on my YouTube channel, which is popping off too. I got I, I forgot to announce that, you know, it's it's past 2500 subscribers now, which is dope. But yeah, look, you know, that that's the that's a clear thing that can help you out on your chess journey if you're trying to look at positions and learn different patterns to help you out on your journey. Now, how to be prepared for tougher opponents. So one thing I went over is having a good opening. And the next thing I will say, make sure you're not losing in the first 12 moves. So that's having a good opening. Um, Make sure your opening is on point. You should know basically the first five moves by heart, no matter what the position is. You shouldn't be stumped on the fourth move at all. You should already know all of your um, all of your opponent's responses. If you don't, then you're going to be wasting time in the opening. And that time should be wasted not in the opening, but in the middle game. What, What is this? The third thing? Well, the first thing and the second thing was kind of one. So let's put that together. And this is the second thing. The second thing is trust your calculation. One way of how to trust your calculation is by doing chess puzzles. Chess puzzles. Chess puzzles can help you figure out weaknesses and advantages. And it can help you find the best move in a position. And you should be trying to get to the point where you can find the best move of a position in under five minutes. Any position, you should be finding the best move in under five minutes. Even the overly complicated positions where you have to calculate like five to ten moves, you should be finding it in under five minutes. That's how fast you should be calculating. Make that timer your goal. Remember... 
And I'm just repeating it so that you can remember this. Everybody that's listening to this in a car or while they're doing something under five minutes for chess puzzles. Third thing, serious chess players have to consider finding a good coach. A second opinion can be great for your chess. You can do it alone. That is a possibility. But if you want to accelerate the process, having a second opinion is great. Having a coach is great. Because here's the thing. Imagine going through chess tournaments, um, going to chess clubs, and notating all these games that you have faced with tougher opponents and not just going through it with a, a, a dumb computer that, that just tells you mo- mundane things that doesn't know the emotions that was going through your head when you was playing these um, chess games. They're definitely going to tell you what's right, what you should have done, but they're not going to give you practical value, practical tips. And that's what you're looking for. And that's where the chess coach comes in, especially a good one. If you realize that the chess coach can give you practical tips on how to be a human player, that's the person that you go to. A chess engine can only get you so far. And chess engines are really good only when you become the elite grandmasters. And even elite grandmasters have um, have coaches, have that second opinion on their side. The two people that is going to be in the World Chess Championship, um, Jan Nepo and Ding Liren, and this is 2022, these people have coaches on their side. If it's more important for them to have a coach, how much more important do you think it is for you to have a coach? If you're trying to be the best, of course. If you're just playing it for fun, then you don't need a coach. (laughs) Hey, hey, enjoy life play chess for fun, enjoy tournaments, and still strive to be a better player. All right? But, becoming Magnus Carlsen, Gary Kasparov, Bobby Fischer, Kaoru Nakamura, all of these great chess players, Levon Aronian, Fabiano Caruana, Paul Morphy, Steinitz, Botvinnik, Mikhail Tall, a coach can get you there. A coach can get you there. Fourth thing, last thing. Don't be a coward. Stop being a coward. It's irritating. A chess player should play positions they're comfortable with, obviously. You shouldn't play something that you're not feeling safe or uncomfortable with. But once a chess player deviates from their... Uh, so. A player should play positions that they're comfortable with. And I just want to say this. Once a chess player deviates from their comfortable position because they think that their opponent knows more than them in that position, the opponent has already mentally won. You shouldn't be changing your whole opening strategy just because you're facing a tougher opponent. If you're used to playing the Queen's Gambit decline or the Queen's Gambit accepted against your opponent, right? You shouldn't be switching if your if your opponent and they're the white pieces they play d4. You shouldn't be switching to a king's a king's Indian defense just because they're tougher and you think that they know more in the queen's gambit. That's not how it works. You're just gonna do worse because more likely than not they know more than you double the time in the in the king's Indian defense than they did in the opening that you was comfortable with. 
don't deviate from your um, positions that you know the best. Don't be a coward and play and calculate those positions that you get into that seem unclear, but is the only way for you to put pressure on your opponent. Do not take the safe route because when you take the safe route, that eases off the pressure off of your opponent, especially if they're a really good player. The only way you're going to catch them off guard is with overly tactical positions. And they're waiting for that. They want that. That's what makes them happy. Make them blunder by that. Overwhelm your opponent. Put the pressure on them. Don't don't be a coward. Don't be a coward. And that's pretty much it on preparation and, and how preparation can help you out tremendously if you do these things. And, you know, um, this can help you face off against tougher opponents. Next segment. Thank you for listening to the episode. I really appreciate it. Hopefully this makes you prepare to face off against tougher opponents. And I know it's still going to be a struggle because they're not tougher opponents for no reason. They've trained. um, They've trained all their life, too. But hopefully this gives you the right amount of courage and maybe a little bit of motivation um, sprinkled on the top of it to get you to the point where you can get a little bit closer than you was before this episode. Now, you're still going to have to put in the work and the effort if you're trying to become a really good chess player competitively. But I know that each person who watches this, uh, not watches, but listens to this episode are hard workers. Y'all, y'all, y'all dope. Now, if you haven't followed yet, please follow so that you can stay notified on my, on my uh, next few episodes. I will be posting sporadically until I can find like a a pattern and when life isn't so hectic, when I don't have less sleep because I have a newborn now. So I'm basically running on three to four hours a day, which is crazy enough that I still have the energy to do all that I'm doing. But hey, you know, I have time to rest when I'm retired, (laughs) but Thank you. I appreciate all the support. I've been doing this for a while. Um, So I really do uh, appreciate everything that y'all have done for me. Um, Just by listening to this episode is good enough for me. Um, And everybody who listens to the YouTube channel and watches the YouTube channel and the TikToks and and are friends with me on Instagram, those things are really awesome too. And I'll just put it out there because I haven't said it in a while, but my YouTube channel is Chess Knowledge with H1. That's popping off now. Over 2,500 subscribers. Good videos on middle game, openings, and end game. Um, my TikTok is H1 Chess, Chess Knowledge with H1. Either one is fine. I'll pop up. Just, or just look me up on Google. All of my accounts will pop up. My Twitter is H1 Chess. My Instagram is H1 Chess. And hey, I'm still doing this. I'm pressing forward. I have this goal of doing at least like a thousand videos and seeing where I'm at afterwards and see, seeing if I have to pivot 
or into like another section or not do some more business deals but i have a feeling that this is this is working out more than i thought <laughs> especially with my new wall chessboard that you that y'all gotta that y'all gonna have to go see if you've been listening to the podcast hey you're gonna have to go see it it's pretty cool but anyway thank you for listening you made the right decision by listening to the podcast today and hey peace <laughs>